You're listening to Page Up with Dr. Angela Loria, episode number one. Welcome to Page Up, a podcast for authors in transformation, featuring advice on the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block, to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing nonfiction books. Now, get ready to press Page Up on your book with your host, best-selling author and publisher, Dr. Angela Loria. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Page Up. This is the first episode of Page Up that we have ever done, and I wanted to kick things off just to give you an introduction of me and what we do at the Author Incubator, but what I decided to do instead is just give you a little lesson. It's the one thing that I notice most about people who want to write a book but haven't done it. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about our story and what we do throughout all of the upcoming podcasts. Um, but I'll just say now that the Author Incubator was created because of my love for personal growth books and my passion for making a difference in people's lives. There are so many amazing books out there with transformative, powerful messages that never get into the hands of people who need those solutions. And there are a whole bunch of really crappy books that get a lot of attention and downloads and readers. And really my personal mission is to help people who have a calling, who have almost the need, what I say is your book is waking you up at night. You're being nagged to share your story and to help people. Um, But maybe you just don't have some of the skills that other people have to get that book out into the world. So a book that makes a difference, that's what we do at the Author Incubator. And that means those are powerful books of hope and healing and change and transformation, but they're also books that get into people's hands and into their hearts and uh, and into their heads. So they're taking action on the information provided in your book. So I decided to create this podcast because I wanted to help even more people to uh, make those connections between the difference between writing a good book or even a great book and a book that makes a difference. So we really want you to get to know us before you sign up to actually do a book with us or really before you sign up to do a book with anyone or decide to do it on your own. I want you to to learn what is the difference between authors that are successful and authors that fail to make a difference, even if they succeed to get their book done. And I hope through this podcast, you'll kind of see our approach and you'll be able to apply it or maybe even sign up to work with us and and do a book with our team. So let's start off with the topic for today, and that is why you can't get your book done. So many people come to me and say that they have wanted for a long time to write a book and that they have wanted to use a book to change people's lives. But despite all of their efforts, going to writer's workshop, reading books about writing a book, writing maybe an outline, maybe some of them have started to write 20 or 30 or 40 pages, they can't get across the finish line. And 
it's so interesting to me to see how many people go through this same shame spiral of really blaming themselves for maybe not being able to uh, take more action, for being a procrastinator, for being lazy. People tell me, I just need to get my, my butt in the chair and I just need to write. And when I write, it's good, but what's stopping me from writing? And they go into this cycle of really beating themselves up for promising themselves that they would write a book and then breaking that promise. That is really at the heart of this episode is for you to think about what promises have you broken to yourself about your book? Because here's the thing I want to teach you in today's episode. Inside everyone who believes they are supposed to write a book is a part of yourself um, that's a connect that's connected to source or your higher self or God, however you think about it, but there's a part of you that, in my opinion, has already written your book. And I call that part of yourself your inner author. And here's the thing about your inner author. When you break a promise to your inner author, it actually creates more distance between you and your book being done. What I say is every time you lie to yourself about when your book is going to be done, that adds a day to the amount of time it'll take to get your book done. And these lies add up over and over. We're telling ourselves, I'm going to work on my book. I have to work on my book. When am I going to do that? And you keep it on your to-do list. So, you know, I want to start today by really suggesting if you have writing a book on your list, there's a choice here. And by the end of this podcast, I want you to make a very, very simple choice, which is decide either to write your book or to not write your book, but choose not to stay in this space of, I really need to write my book. Because here's the thing, that energy, I really, oh, I really need to write my book. Oh, why am I not working on this? Or when you bump into somebody you haven't seen in a while and they say, oh, weren't you working on a book? How's your book coming, right? When you feed into that negative energy, you are pushing your inner author away. And so when you bump into that person and they say, what's going on with your book? If you can look at them and say very clearly, oh, I decided not to write it. I'm not working on a book. I know this is going to sound counterintuitive, but that actually gets you closer to finishing your book. If you can just fully own in the depths of your soul, I'm not writing a book, (laughs) rather than, oh, I'm working on it, I need to get back to it, like all that stuff, you will actually either write your book or you won't, (laughs) but if you're going to write it, it's going to happen a lot faster if you can just decide not to, because that grabby energy, that that energy of wanting, of yearning, what that attracts is more wanting, yearning, more self-loathing, shame, more beating yourself up. That's what that attracts. So if you lean into those negative feelings about your book, I should be working on my book, what you're going to get is a lot more energy 
right back at you evidence that you should, that you aren't working on your book. And so if you make that decision, oh, I'm not working on a book, I decided not to. One of two things happens. One, your book goes away. It's awesome. Or you create a safe space for your inner author to raise her hand and gently say to you, hey, I'm still kind of thinking about writing that book. And then you can create that relationship again with your inner author. You can stop the wrestling match. You can lean in and say, I'm listening, but we're not going to decide to write this book until we're all the way in. So for now, we're not going to write a book. And as she continues to bring that question to the table, as that idea comes up in your mind, there may be a point where you make the decision that my clients make, which is now is the time. I'm done. I'm ready to put down my childish things. I'm ready to stop the tantrums. Now is the time to write my book. And when you make that decision, when you make that decision in a true, meaningful, powerful way, and we'll talk a little more about how to do that in a minute, when you do that, your book is already written. So I want to tell you a little story. Um, I have a uh, person in my life who I call my bonus son. He is very special to me. He was an exchange student who came to live with us. And... Um, he, we didn't let him go home. <laughs> he went home briefly, but um, he decided to come back to the U.S. and to get his college degree here. And there was a day when he signed up for college and there were a bunch of us contributing to paying for college for him. And I'm, I'm part of his team. And making that first payment was so easy. Because there was not a single part of me that wondered, oh, I wonder if he'll actually finish. I wonder if he'll go to class. I wonder if he'll take advantage of the opportunities presented to him. There was no doubt the minute that he decided to enroll in college in America, the minute that he found uh, people to contribute to scholarships and to pay his tuition, the minute he made that commitment, it was all but done. Yes, there were four years of classes and um, soccer practices and summer vacations to go through. There were obstacles and hoops to jump through. But really, the moment he truly decided, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to find the resources to make that happen, his degree was pretty much done. And yes, of course, some people fail out of college, but I think if you look at the numbers, and I'm not looking at statistics here, but I think if you look at those numbers, you'll see really not that many people that start college in that sort of meaningful way don't finish. Now, if you take a class at community college or maybe audit a class or take a single credit here or there, and you're kind of half in and half out, then yeah, you're probably more likely not to finish. But if you enroll full-time in an undergrad program and you find, in his case, three people to get together and pay your tuition, which is a hard thing to ask people to do because I can tell you tuition is about $55,000 a year. So um, it's not a small ask. So if you make that commitment to yourself and to your loved ones, 
the chance of finishing is almost a sure thing. So I want you to make your book a sure thing. So the first thing we want to do is find evidence that when you commit to something, you finish it. So maybe you went to college. How did you commit to college? What was your story? Did you make a financial commitment yourself? Did your parents pay for it? Did you go straight through? Did you switch colleges? Um, Let's find some examples from your life that you can write down. I'd love for you to find three where you made a commitment and saw it all the way through. Now, a commitment has a couple components to it um, that I want you to look for. So one of them, uh, one of the components I want you to look for is a graduation. So for us, our graduation is the day we publish our books because on that day, our, um, our clients go from being authors in transformation to being authors. So I never look at our clients as writers. Um, in fact, one of the ways I know that somebody isn't going to finish a book is if they go to lots of writers' workshops, because writers don't tend to finish their books. They want to explore the craft of writing, which is fantastic. Authors finish books. And so our authors... Um, are authors in transformation who then fly on their publication day. That's their graduation. So obviously undergraduate, it's a great example. You go to school and you are an undergraduate, right? So you're an under or less than graduate, but you are clearly heading towards graduation. And then you hit that graduation day. So let's look for other examples in your life, maybe certification programs, maybe it was getting a promotion at work, Uh, maybe you did a a play, so I have a background in theater, and um, the day that I sign up to do a show, um, I'm a director, and so the day I sign up to do a show, I know it's happening. I've got the date. I've got the location. And uh, there are many days on that journey where I doubt the possibility that we are going to go live in front of an audience of human beings. And yet it, it has always happened. I have never had a show not happen. Um, I probably had some shows that were pushed back a day or two. But for the most part, if the show is scheduled for you know, opening night, Friday, July 1st, pretty much Friday, July 1st, there's going to be an audience and there's going to be us. So what are some things that you have initiated and then graduated to? And what do they have in common? Very often there is a commitment of time and finances, and there are other people involved. So other people who have a stake in the game with The story of my bonus son, he has three people who have a stake because we are paying for his degree. Uh, In the case of a play, you can see how the cast has a lot at stake. Um, There are commitments of time and finances, time to take the classes, time for rehearsals. Um, There is the cost of participating. And so find an example like that in your own life. And then I want you to think about when you started that adventure, whatever that was, going for a promotion or um, maybe doing a, maybe there was a 
a craft project that you completed. And when you started it, what was your primary thought about that project? So I'll give you an example from um, my experience in theater. Um, I am thinking very much when I start a project of, I wonder how this will be received by the audience. So I'm thinking a lot about the audience on opening night. And so then, um, but for you, that thought could be really different, right? So you might have a thought like, it's going to be great to finish. This is going to be an awesome accomplishment. I am going to wager a, guess, a bet here that you did not start this project thinking, eh, it's 50-50. Maybe this happens, maybe it doesn't. I am going to bet that you did not start whatever the project was holding space for it to not happen. So we'll use the, you know, we'll we'll use the metaphor of grad school, or I'm sorry, of undergraduate school um, and my bonus child. I don't feel like if his primary thought, even if he didn't share it with me, but if his thought was, yeah, this whole thing with going to college in America, I give it 50-50 odds. I don't think I would have made the financial commitment I made to him, even if he didn't say that to me. But if he was holding space in his heart energetically for like, eh, I'll take people's money. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't work out, whatever, I'll go back home. If he had that energy behind it, even if he had the energy of, I really, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, I'll give it a shot, but you know, English isn't my first language, so I'm probably not going to pass my classes, but I mean, I'll try. If he had that I'll try energy or I really want it to work out, any of that, I don't think I would have made the financial commitment I made. I don't think he would have gotten the scholarship that he got, and I don't think his mother would have made the financial commitment that she made. So, it, a lot of us think like, oh, to go to college, I need to get the money lined up first. That's actually not true. You need to get your thoughts lined up first. And that's true with your book too. When your thoughts are in the right place about your book, all those other steps, like, I don't know, finding people to give you $200,000, they come together. And it seems counterintuitive. It seems like, yeah, lady, I don't think so. I think first you got to find $200,000 and then maybe you can go to college. But the truth is when you make that decision, the other pieces fall into place. So let's do it for you. What was your, what was your thing? Um, you know, I use the example of theater and my thought being, I can't wait for opening night. I can't wait for people to see this. I can't wait to see how this transforms people. And those are the things I'm thinking of. So then stuff happens. It's hard to find people to play certain roles. The theater burns down. Somebody drops out. Someone gets a better role in New York and they move. Stuff happens all the time in theater. I can't even tell you. But because we're holding space for success and we're not really holding space for failure, somehow somebody comes in and covers the role. We find another space. Things come together and opening night happens over and over again. 
And so what is your graduation that you can't imagine not happening? How can you look at your book like it's a done deal? And yeah, you might have to replace an actress or find $200,000. There are going to be things that will come up, but you're going to do it. So I want you to think about that event for you, what, what your last graduation was. Hopefully you can think of a couple of these. And what were the obstacles that came up? Because they do. What were the obstacles that came up and how did you overcome them from a perspective of your thoughts? So again, something comes up, whatever your example was, um, you know, my example being a, an opening night for a show, something comes up, an actor drops out. Now, my thought doesn't go to, well, I guess we're not going to do this. My thought is, the question I begin to ask myself is, I wonder how we're going to fill this role. I wonder how we're going to open tomorrow night, even though we don't have an actor. So I'm looking for ways it's going to happen, and I'm not holding space for it not happening. So why am I doing that? Let's go back to the components of why you're going to finish your book. A financial commitment, a commitment of time, and a community, other people who will be affected by your decision. So those could be your readers, those can be a writing accountability group, those can be your clients, but who is going to be affected negatively if you were to drop out of the process? So again, the goal here is to find your current thought about your book. And usually what I hear from people who've wanted to write a long time, it is some version of, oh, I really have to work on that, right? Find that thought and let's find a better thought that is truer than that thought, even if it is, I'm not working on my book right now. It is one of the most powerful things you can do is drop the lying to yourself. That doesn't mean you don't get to write your book. It just means we're going to be honest. Right now, I'm not committed. I'm not committed with time. I'm not committed with community. I'm not committed with financial resources. I'm not really in. This isn't what being in looks like. So, yeah, maybe someday, but right now, I'm not working on a book. That's a great way to change your thought. Or... If you really are, if you resist me when I say that, if you feel like, oh, this is annoying, why is she telling me on day one of page up, decide not to write your book, right? Then I want you to lean into that and say, I'm deciding to write my book. I am committing this time. I am going to promise this community, these people, my book. And I'm going to make a financial commitment to getting it done, just like I would for an undergraduate degree. Now, that financial commitment can look a lot of different ways. So you can, um, you can certainly hire people. You can hire us. You can hire other companies like ours. You can hire individuals from Elance.com or Fiverr. But one of the things that I like to tell people to do is really just to start by finding someone you trust to hold your money. So is there somebody who you can give, and it has to be enough money. So remember the example I'm using of undergrad here, it's $54,000 a year. 
Um, so that's a pretty significant commitment. So I want you to feel this commitment. Your financial cost uh, to committing to this should be at least one month's salary, at least what you're making in a month. And find someone who will hold that money for you uh, if you want to do it on your own. And then when you finish your book, you get that money back. Or if you break your promise to yourself, that money gets sent to the charity of your choice, but you don't have the right to get that money back. I want you to make a financial commitment that is significant enough that you will actually be all in and that you find someone you trust uh, that they actually will take your money and send it off if you don't hit the deadlines that you promise. So it's really important you find someone trustworthy here. Um, and obviously the other thing that you can always do is to hire some experts and make it an investment. So in that case, you wouldn't be getting the money back but you would be getting a higher quality product. So next week on Page Up, we're actually going to talk about when to DIY it and when to hire help when it comes to writing your book. And I have to say, a lot of people are surprised by this, but I think there are great reasons for both. Um, sometimes it makes sense to DIY it and sometimes it makes sense to hire help. So I'm going to give you a lot of information there to make that decision in our next episode. Um, but for this week, what I want to leave you with is this thought. When you lie to yourself that you are working on your book and you're not, you are delaying the amount of time it will take for you to get your book out. So the number one first step in getting your book done is to get honest with yourself. Are you in or are you out? And either answer is perfectly acceptable. There's no judgment. You're not a bad person if you decide you're out or you're out for right now. Um, but that is really the step one choice. And then when you're making that choice, I want you to think about Another time when you've decided to be all in and you made it to publication day, graduation day, opening night, you made it there. What was your thought? What was your primary thought when you signed up? And what was your primary thought through the process? Because when you do make that decision, when you do decide I'm going to write my book in that full bodied commitment way, we wanna know what's your primary thought and are you holding space for failure? So my argument is authors in transformation have doubts and fears and moments of panic, but they don't hold space to not finish their book. So there could be something that comes up, the rare, you know, less than 1% of the time where there's a cyclone and your manuscript is lost or something, but for the most part, if you do this part right and you make that decision in a way that includes commitment of your time, your finances, and community, that, that community aspect is key, then you will get your book done. So that is the first episode of Page Up. We are going to be really busting a move here and identifying what holds people back from writing their book 
what are the most important steps to take when you're writing a book so that they uh, affect the most people, that you reach the most people and make the biggest difference possible. And we're then going to focus on promotion and publishing secrets, Amazon hacks, insider insider uh, publishing industry information that isn't out there that publishers don't want you to know um, that are hidden behind five or ten thousand dollar programs i'm going to expose all of this on the podcast i really want you here for the journey and i want to know a little more about you so what i would love is if you go to the authorincubator.com and you sign up for my four-part video series, which is right on the homepage. It's going to tell you how to write a book that makes a difference. I've got four great short videos that are going to give you a lot of information really quickly. You can catch up on those between now and the next podcast episode. And then drop me a note. So it's Angela at theauthorincubator.com. I would love to hear from you. You can also leave comments uh, right in the podcast and I will find them. And you can come over and see us at theauthorincubator.com slash blog where you'll be able to find uh, show notes and transcripts and you can comment more and tell me what you think has been holding you back from writing your book. So please go ahead and check out that four-part video series over at theauthorincubator.com, and we'll meet you back here for episode two of Page Up. This has been another episode of Page Up, where we help nonfiction authors write a book that makes a difference. If you liked the show today, be sure to tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. Check out our sister show, Book Journeys, also on iTunes. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at www.theauthorincubator.com where you can learn more about how you can get your book written.